But I, w I wanted to talk about um, one of the big delusions in the Christian um, world uh, today. Uh, the problem is that, uh, and they've been studying it in the um, Bible school, uh, cults and, and things, and, you know, the Mormons and the... Uh, JWs and all that type of thing but the worst thing is uh, the problem of deception in the church because there are more churches in England unfortunately in deception than in truth that's why they're so ineffective and um, you often look and you, you wonder why and you wonder why their evangelism's ineffective. Uh, you wonder why they don't reach people. You wonder why uh, things don't work. Or you should wonder why, if you don't. I mean, you've got to ask the question. Why is it that um, I go to America and the mega churches are an absolute mess and fiasco? Uh, a lot of people are good marketing... Uh, but just happened to lack God. Or you've got the charismatic move with their uh, drama and uh, extremes. What should I say? I'll be careful. Um, what I would say is a load of rubbish, but um, terrible. But they've got lots of crowds going because it's the cheapest show around. You only have to pay a dollar for it because that's all most people give anyway. And because um, it's still paper money. Uh, and you realize that's de there's deception. And one of the biggest deceptions in the church today is when you come to uh, how you bring people into the gospel. You see, if you're going to build a church the wrong way, then what you're going to do is you're going to have it filled with the wrong type of people. And the church of Jesus Christ is very, very limited. It's limited by new birth. If you're not born into it, you can never be part of it. Um, you've got to be born again of the Spirit of God, and if you're not, Jesus said, you can't enter in you can't see the kingdom of God, you can't enter into the kingdom of God, and you can't be part of the kingdom of God. You must be born again. You remember? Hello? Uh, now, it doesn't matter whether you've fallen on the ground and spoken in tongues, that is not new birth, that's falling on the ground and speaking in tongues. Uh, it doesn't matter whether you've had an experience, that is not new birth. New birth is a transformation of life. Now, if the uh, evangelism is based on the modern era instead of the era that used to be uh, in Spurgeon's day or Charles Finney's day or go back to the early Quakers or go back to Whitfield, there was a realization that you've got to bring confrontation, we're in a war. Spurgeon 
uh, I'll read on Sunday, I want to read some of the passages, Spurgeon. But one of the things he said, when you confront people, it's warfare. Now look, if you're going to go to war, the one thing you don't do is make friends with your enemy. Hello? Do you? If you're going to war, the last person you want to make friends with is your enemy. Who are your enemies? The world. Uh, according to Jesus and according to the Bible, not according to evangelicals. But the truth is, the world is the enemy, isn't it? Hello? Now, I'm not talking about the globe. I'm talking about people. And you'll find it over. Turn with me uh, to James chapter 4, verse 4. James chapter 4, verse 4. We're going to come back to it a little later, but um, it just happens to be in the Bible. Uh, I didn't write it. I just happen to believe it. This is what is not taught because it's too offensive. In James 4, verse 4, it says, You adulterers and adulteresses. That means men and women, doesn't it? Know you not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Now, would anyone like to explain to me what it means if it doesn't mean what it says? If you're a friend of the world, you are the enemy of God. Is that what it says? Now, it's not loving the globe, it's, it's, it's actually becoming friends with the world. It means that what you do is you take your Christian life, you compromise it, you bury it in order to try and win people. You try and make friends with that which you can't make friends with. I cannot be a friend of the world because I don't want to be the enemy of God. Thank you very much. Is that what it means? Hello? Sure it's what it means. Does anyone think it means something else? Was James right? Are you sure he was right? No, are you absolutely sure he was right? Because the way we're going to go on, I'm only starting here. It's going to get worse. But you see... Why is it it's ignored amongst evangelicals? Why is it everyone tells you, go out and befriend them? You can't if you want to remain a friend of God. That is what 
It appears to me the scripture teaches. And God is never wrong. However, you might say, well, you know, that's just one scripture. I'm glad you mentioned it. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians. You'll find it's right throughout the whole of Scripture. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, It says this. Now look, this is what the Bible teaches. All right? I'm a Bible man. If someone says something, I want them to prove it from Scripture. If they can't prove it from Scripture, I don't listen to them. Because to me, it's not what someone's ideas are that's important. It's what God says is important. Man shall live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. If you can't show it to me from Scripture, I'm not going to believe it. I don't care how successful it is. I will not accept it. I'm a Bible man. You see, what the church has done is they've built up a whole idea of how to do things without Scripture, and they, they've gone into humanism and secularism, they're boarded into the church and they're trying to convince idiots and there are a lot of idiots who believe it that that is the way to go. Well, it isn't. Got to live the Jesus way. Got to do it the Jesus way. We're going to look at how Jesus did it in a minute but I just want to go here and, and in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 14 it says this. In fact, you can all read it out. Verse 14 says what? Be... Verse 15. 16. Now, do you believe that is the word of God? No, do you believe it is? Is it right? What well, is it right? Now, lots of people use this. Uh, and refer to marriage but it's not referring to marriage at all uh, you know be you not e unequally yoked with unbelievers and they tell believers don't get shacked up with an unbeliever 
Well, of course, uh, that is wisdom. If you want hell in your life, marry a woman who's not a believer. Or women, if you want hell in your life, marry a man who's not a believer. You will have hell. Because there is no fellowship. None. And that's what the scripture teaches. It makes it very plain. But that's not what it's talking about. It, it's talking about be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness and what communion hath light with darkness and what concord hath Christ with Baal or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel well what part has he got pardon none well then how on earth can you have fellowship with the world hello Hello? You cannot. And what part can you have with an infidel? None. God never intended us to. And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them and be you separate, saith the Lord. Don't touch the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters. Hey, now do you think God meant that? Now the argument goes amongst the humanists or evangelicals or charismatics. How are you going to win the world if you don't get out among them how are you going to bring people to Christ if you don't have contact with them you've got to befriend them oh no you don't you see you can't make a friend with an enemy you can't make friends with enemies you can't Bible says so. It says we're to be separate from sinners, doesn't it? We're the temple of the living God, aren't we? So how are we going to reach them? So the church comes along and says, Ah, well, what you've got to do, you go out amongst them and you befriend them, don't offend them, don't, don't tell them, don't challenge them, slowly build up trust, slowly do this, slowly do that but Jesus doesn't say that see Jesus never taught that he didn't say to Peter well you know Peter you're a great fisherman the way really what you could do go back to fishing you could have a tremendous impact amongst all the fishermen on Lake Galilee uh, Luke you're a doctor I think Luke you've got a real ministry to doctors Go back, get it back into your practice, uh, and you can really be a tremendous... And a lot of people visit doctors, you, you have a great ministry. Well, Matthew, everyone has to pay taxes. So you've got an opportunity to really speak to them. Get back there and do it. Well, James and John, you know you've got a good business going. 
You left your nets and you left your father with the hired servants. You could always go back there because the business is still running. I mean, you know, you could really win people that way. Unfortunately for most people, Jesus didn't say that, did he? Well, Paul, you're a fantastic tent maker. Why don't you just open a business? You know, you could employ a lot of people. You really help the body of Christ. It's amazing God's methods and God's ways aren't ours. But why have we got our ways in place of God's? Why? It's because people want to find a solution because God left the church. So how are you going to get people in the church? Well, I tell you what, you better use the world's ways. People, you know, they, they like music. So let, let's form a rock group, you know, a rock band. So, so you've got to speak to them contemporary, you see. So let's form a rock band. And we'll put Christian words to the music and we'll call it Christian rock. Didn't Christian rock is rock from hell. Never will be Christian. It'll be what it is. And the people that want to play that type of music, you've only got to look at their faces, look at the way they dress, look at the way they behave and forget it. That's nothing to do with Christ. We're the temple of the living God. God gave us eardrums. He didn't intend them to bang like cymbals when some loud music vibrates near our head. God deliver us from folly. See, that's not the way it is. But there's a lot of churches where they're always looking to get more people in. God never told me to make a friend of you. God told me to preach the gospel. If you want to hear, you'll become my friend if you do what God says. And if you don't, I don't want you here. Get out. Don't bother to come back. The reason for that is you're my enemy. And I don't want to sit with enemies. You know, Chaucer wrote in the pardoner's tale he that saps with the devil needs a long spoon uh, and as far as I'm concerned I'm not interested in, in having a, a, a place where people can come and feel comfortable I want people who don't want to go God's way to feel so uncomfortable they'll clear off or they'll repent, turn get born again and become part of the family of God either way I'll be happy you say, well, don't you worry about... No, no, no. Look, no one can come to the Father except he's drawn of the Father. I, I, I have no doubt about it. I'm a Calvinist, absolutely. I believe in the absolute sovereignty, power and authority of God. God adds to the church daily those that will be saved but it's God who adds them. And I don't want people to come and add other people to the church who shouldn't be here. 
That's the trouble. You get big church and then you get compromised and the whole thing gets watered down until you're not allowed to preach what you believe because you'll offend people. Well, I don't care. It's better to offend them at the beginning and tell them to clear off, isn't it? Hello? That way you get rid of them. If you don't want to go God's way, don't come amongst God's people as a spot in the feast. You're not welcome. Now, if you want to change transform your life, live different, fine. If you don't, out you go. That's easy, isn't it? Hmm? But you see, people don't like that. They're worried about numbers. Well, who cares about numbers? If you think Jesus didn't do very well, had a great multitude, fed over, over um, well, there was 5,000 plus women and children, 5,000 men plus women and children fed them did a wonderful miracle provided for all of them and then he tells them except you eat my flesh and drink my blood you can be no, have no part of me uh, and he whittles it down to 12 and the 12 say that was a hard saying as they watched the multitude all departing and Jesus said well do you want to go to course now you're not meant to do that you see you're meant to make people feel happy oh happy day you know don't, don't challenge them no back off you know you can back off you know and, and just woo them Jesus didn't do that there was a rich man came to him one day uh, uh, and fell down and, and he said what can I do to inherit eternal life and Jesus he said looked on him and loved him now that, this is God love speaking he said keep the commandments he said well I've done that since my youth up he was a little bragger too Jesus said in one thing thou lackest and he put his finger on what the guy lacked bang go sell what you have give to the poor and come follow me and the man went away sorrowful because he had much possessions do you remember that and the next verse records and Jesus ran down the road saying please don't be offended come back you don't understand I wanted to make friends he didn't bang you remember Jesus sitting at the well one to one evangelism here comes a woman. She's going to draw water at the well. Jesus doesn't hop up and say, look, I want to be friendly. Let me get the water for you. He turns to the woman who's come all that way. And she's obviously, Jesus sitting at the well. And she's obviously tired. And she's come to collect water. And Jesus says to her, woman, give me the drink. How about that? She's come for a drink. Doesn't say, you have a drink first. He says, give me the drink. Oh. You, <laughs> you don't have anything to draw with, you know. Uh, if you knew it was who said it, you'd have asked a drink of him. No introduction, no friendship, no small talk. No, let, let's, let's all be happy together. Bang. 
straight in. You know, he'd have given you living water. Sir, ever give me this water? He said, go and get your husband. Uh Uh-oh. I have no husband. He says, quite right, you've had five. And the one you're with at the moment isn't. She had energy, didn't she? She was on sonatogen. Um, The one you're with at the moment isn't your husband. Uh, I call that confrontational ministry. Don't you? Hmm? Not evangelical ministry. Jesus ministry. I, I thought we were meant to be like Jesus. Hmm? Now this woman's reaction, she went and said, Hey, here's a man that, go and see. And all the town come out to Jesus. Hmm? That's Holy Ghost ministry. The other's a load of garbage. Thought up from the pit of hell. See, you can't win people to Jesus the wrong way. Because the need in people's lives, they need a saviour from themselves and their sin. And friendship covers what really needs exposing. And wherever Jesus comes, light manifests darkness. Darkness doesn't understand it. But light manifests. In other words, we're here in the earth to call the unrighteous to repentance. We're here in the earth to be living witnesses to a living God of a living life and to tell them, I won't live your way. I don't want to live your way. I don't want to be part of what you are. I belong to God. Jesus is my Savior. I have one Lord, one faith, one King. And hey, I don't even want to make friends with you. Thank you very much. I have nothing in common with you and I never will have anything in common with you if you don't surrender your heart and your life to Jesus Christ and change your lifestyle. We have nothing in common. Well, you say that's very hard. No, it's true, isn't it? Hmm? Well, isn't it? You don't have many people, Christians, saying that. Oh, you know, let me make friends with you. You know, I, I, you don't win people to Jesus that way. I'll tell you what you do. You compromise your life. You begin to live their lifestyle instead of living God's way. The only way to keep up with them is you better go to a pub with them and be friendly with them because that's where they go. You better put up with their bad language, their bad manners, their bad behavior, their bad ways, because that's the way they live. You can't be a friend of it. Because it's offensive to God, and you belong to God, you're a child of God, and you don't live that way. Hopefully. 
You're here to approve it, not to approve it. And to make a friend, you've got to approve of people. Now, is that fair or is that unfair? Hello? Is that fair? I mean, I mean, what we're dealing with is sin, isn't it? What we're dealing with is the need of man's heart. What we're put on the earth to do is to not make friends with the world. Then how do you win them? Glad you asked me. And if you didn't, I'm going to tell you. Ah, you do it the Jesus way. Now there, there is a way to become a friend. Jesus tells you how. John's Gospel, chapter 15. I mean, really what I'm saying for most evangelicals would be revolutionary. Probably be offensive too. Uh, but there you are, you know. Blessed is he that's not offended at the way Jesus teaches. Hmm? And if people want to get offended, you know what they can do? The door's up there. Don't slam it as you go. In John 15, verse 14, it says... Oh, verse 13, let's, oh, let's take verse 12. Oh, no, well, we'll stop in verse um, 9. As the Father have loved me, so have I loved you. Continue you in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I've kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Now here is a statement of Jesus. The greatest love of all is to lay down your life for your friends. And then he says to the disciples in verse 14, you are my friends if. You do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. For all things that I've heard of my Father I've made known unto you. You have not chosen me, but I've chosen you. See? Who made the choice? He did. Glory to God. Now he calls them friends if they do what he says. Is that right? Now you notice Jesus did not call the multitude friends. He didn't call the disciples friends until this point. And he says, look, I've told you what my father spoke. I've shown you everything. Now are you my friends you want to abide in my love, my joy's in you, keep the commandments, you do as I say, you're my friends. All right? Is that fair?
I, I'm only just, I mean, this is so easy. You could go home and do this yourself. I mean, I'm just quoting scripture. That's all I'm doing. Not preaching. Then he says, you have not chosen me, but I've chosen you. And ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, and your fruit should remain. And whatsoever you shall ask by the Father in my name, he may give it you. These things I command you that you love one another. If the world hate you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. See, the world's going to hate you. Why? Because you're not of the world. See, you're different. Now, why is it Christians are told by evangelicals to go and become friends of the world? You can't. If you're living a Christian life, they'll hate you. Can't help themselves. I mean, why should they hate Jesus? He was healing the sick, delivering the captive, feeding the hungry. I mean, what was there to hate about Jesus? Why did they hate him? Have you ever thought about that? Why did they hate him? Was he unfriendly? Yeah, in, in a way he was. See? Chose 12, he said, you're my friends. Couldn't say out of the multitude. If you do what I say, you're my friend. I've chosen you. Be my friend. I'm, I'm careful who I choose to be my friend. A lot of acquaintances I know that come to church, but you know, I'm, I'm careful about my friends. It says of Jesus that he didn't commit himself to any man because he knew what was in him. If you know what's in someone, you don't commit yourself. I don't want to be a friend with someone like that. No. Why not? It's the way they behave, the way they are. No, thank you. <laughs> some people you can be friends. There are some people you just can't be friends with. And it doesn't matter how friendly they are. Frank, you, I, I, you know, you're not part of my life. You never will be. Why? Because you haven't become part of God's life. When you change your lifestyle and you get born again, then you might be my friend, but up till then you're not going to be. That's it. Why? Because I'm fussy. See? I can be sociable. I can be given to hospitality, but I tell you, you'll never be my friend. You couldn't get in there. Now, Jesus was very clear. Multitudes came. He blessed a lot of them. But he said to his disciples, you're my friends. Look what it says, verse 19. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. 
But because you're not of the world, but I've chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Isn't that great? He chose us so the world could hate us. <laughs> you know, I really like that. I mean, he chose us, and now, look, we don't fit anywhere. See, now you can't make friends with the world. If you're one of the chosen, you can't make friends because you, they hate you. Doesn't matter what you do, they're going to hate you. And if you try and accommodate them, you won't. You'll wreck it because you can't help being what you are, child of God. If so be, you're a child of God. I mean, I'm talking to people that are. I know there's a lot here that pretend to be. But if you're really a child of God and you walk that way, then that's it. I, I don't have anything in common with them. They've got nothing I want to talk about. Turned out nice, I suppose, the weather. I mean, how boring. What do you share with them? Well, I'm not interested in what they're interested in. I mean, how can you talk about their lifestyles, the way they live? They live totally alien to God. They make themselves the enemies of God. What are you going to talk about with enemies of God? Because they're your enemy too. I'm talking of Christians now. Got to confront them. See, you're the enemy of the one I love. You're against the very God I know. <laughs> I'm totally committed to this God of mine. Yeah, I love him. I'm totally committed to my Savior. He saved me and redeemed me. He changed my life. He took me out of the pit you're still living in. He took me out of the dung you still love to wallow in. And he washed me and he cleansed me and he set my heart free. Hmm. And I have nothing in common with you. Now he loves you, he'll change you. And if you want to be my friend, you better change. Otherwise, you're not ever going to be my friend. Thank you very much. Clear off. It's called evangelism. You say, well, will it work? Well, you're here. I, I've never changed. I, that's the way I've always been. That's the way I'll always be. I don't care. God never asked me to, to actually get your approval. Never said, well, you know, you, 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 you know, don't offend them. He said, you know, preach the word in season, out of season. Hey, it's very offensive to some people. They get very offended. How dare you say that to me, you know? Uh, you, uh, yeah. Who cares? Well, that's what God says. Like it or lump it. Amen? 
See, the church in England is full of people who are frightened of the congregation. I don't need you for a living. Clear off. I don't need your money. Take it, perish with you. I don't need anything you've got. Thank you. God's my provider. He looks after me. I'm happy. That's it. That's a wonderful way to be, isn't it? Freedom. Huh? Are you worried about man's opinion? Not really. I mean, you can have your opinion, but it doesn't matter. Tim Whistle to me. You're just stupid. If you don't go God's way, you're a fool. You say there's no God, you're an idiot. That's it. Now that, that's liberating. You see, I've never ever needed to keep people in the church. I've tried to get rid of them. I, I remember a, one man coming up to me, being, coming to the church for about two months. It was years ago. And he said, do you know, he said, you're the only pastor I've ever met that's trying to get rid of everyone. I said, quite right. I said, it's less work. <laughs> get rid of them. You see, we, we've got the wrong mentality. Our God is, is a God who, who's not trying to um, compromise to woo you. He's trying, he, he just says to his people, this is the way it is. That's it. Either you're going to live this way or you can't be part of me. That's it. But now we've got the idea the only way to build a church is to prostitute the gospel of Jesus Christ and be friendly with everyone. God says it's wrong. And I happen to agree with him. It doesn't work. Huh. Romans chapter 8 has something interesting to say about that. says this in, in, in verse 1 there is therefore now no condemnation to them that, which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death now what is the law of sin and death the law of sin and death is the way of the world it's basically what the world is it's under the law of sin and death, isn't it? Hello? Is anyone out there? You haven't all gone, have you? You're alive still. All right, the law of sin and... People under the law of sin and death. It's the world, isn't it? Okay, look at it. It expresses it this way. Look, I love it. Verse 3, for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, 
God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh but they that are after the spirit the things of the spirit. Hey, now we come to the mind. There's two ways of thinking. There's the carnal way of thinking, the flesh way of thinking, where you think of the flesh, and there's a spirit way where you think of the spirit. And one's contrary to the other. Now how can you, if the world's way is to think the flesh way, and you're born of God, and you're born of the spirit, and you're not of the flesh, and you don't walk after the flesh, and you walk after the Spirit, what fellowship of Christ with Balaam? None. I just don't think the way they think. I don't look on it the way they look on it. I don't consider things the way they consider them. In fact, I'm different. I don't have anything in common with them. Thank God I don't. Goes on. Wonderful. It's only your Bible, you know. For to be carnally minded is what? Death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Glory to God. There's a big but in there, isn't there? So if you're born again and you're filled with the Holy Ghost... You're not in the flesh, you're in the spirit. You're spiritually minded, not carnally minded. You don't have anything in common with the world. You don't want to be part of the world. You can't make friends with the world. You've got a happy life. Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Isn't that wonderful? Now is that what the Bible says? Do you believe it? I happen to believe it. So I'm, I, I, can't, I can't ever. Now, now, how do you evangelize then? You might ask. And I'm glad you asked. How do you reach them? Matthew chapter 5. I'm only trying to kill some golden calves. Came from Jethro. You can't go the wrong way. See? In Matthew chapter 5, and let me see.
verse 43. You have heard that it has been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh the sun to rise on the evil and on the good, and he sendeth the rain on the just and the unjust. If you love them which love you, what reward of you? Do not even publicans the same. And if you salute your brethren only, what more do you than others? Do not even publicans the same. Be you therefore perfect, as that your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Now, here I want to explain something to you. To love someone means that you love them with the love God has. Now, do you remember it says this? that Jesus looked on the rich man and he said, one thing thou lackest, go sell all that thou hast. Do you remember that? And he went off sorrowful. Love, it says, when Jesus looked at him, he loved him. Now, human love and God love are two different things. We're talking about agape love here. We're not talking about natural love. Natural love says, well, let's encompass everything let's accept people as they are God love says if you accept people are you, as they are you condemn them to a Christless eternity you condemn them to hell if you make people feel comfortable in their sin you ensnare them in a lifestyle that's taking them to a Christless eternity now, we're here to preach the good news of salvation. We're here to tell people, you don't have to live that way anymore. You don't have to be like that anymore. In other words, we're here to confront them. All right? But you don't confront people if you condone it, do you? Hmm? Your life's got to be totally different from their life. Otherwise, how are they going to know? How do they know what's unacceptable? They know you. They know you're, you just don't run with them. You're just not part of them. You're not interested in it. You just say, no, I live a different way. It's not the way I live. It's not how I am. It's not what I want to be. Thank you very much. Is that fair? Huh? Now you love your enemies. But that doesn't mean you live like them. When Jesus came to earth, did he become a sinner because he was among sinners and he wanted to show himself friendly? No. I want to deal with that. See, that's one of the deceptions that's come because um, Hebrews 12 verse 6 says... For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and purgeth every son whom he receives. Hey, dear, oh dear. I mean, love and friendship. You imagine God's chastening you. Why? If you're a son of God, you get chastened. That's love. You get corrected. That's love. You see, correction is part of love. But friendship of the world doesn't correct 
It says, oh, you've got to bring them on slowly, slowly. Look, you can't educate someone into Christ. You've got to repent. You've got to die. The cross of Calvary's got to work in your life. You've got to turn from everything you are to the living God who can give you life. That's the gospel. It's not a little bit here, a little bit there. Slowly you change. Oh, how nice. No, you can't change that way. I want to tell you, the only way you can change is you've got to abandon sin and you've got to turn to your Savior. You've got to have new life. Old things pass away, all things... It's called repentance. The missing ingredient of the charismatic move. It's called being born again. Translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. Bang! And I want to tell you, a man who's born again, it happens in an instant, and it is total, it is radical, and it is real. And if a man hasn't had that experience, he's not a Christian. He might be religious, not a Christian. When God met me, transformed me. When God met Paul, who was Saul of Tarsus, bang, he fell off his ass. He was a bigger ass than the ass he was riding. Fell off it. When he got up, he was different. He was also blind. God, transform, God transforms. God transforms everyone. When he confronts you, he transforms you. And if you're not transformed, you're not a Christian. End of story. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation, new creature. Old things are passed away, all things become new, and all things are of God. If that hasn't happened, you're not born again, you can't see the kingdom of God, you can't enter into the kingdom of God, you're going to hell. You're on your way to hell. That's it. Now love should warn you. I suppose you could be friendly and say, I really don't think you ought to do that, you know. But that doesn't ever change anyone. Imagine you say to your children, I, Dear, don't do that. Your kid will ignore you. you. Say, don't do that. They know where authority is. They know the line, don't they? And if they try and do it, they find that their rear end begins to sing. You do as you're told. That's it. It's called obedience, isn't it? Uh, and whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. Burgeth every son whom he receives. And if you're without it, you're not a son. Now, I mean, we're meant to be like God. See? Jesus is meant to live in us. And the life that we live is the life of Jesus Christ. Called Christian. That's why you're called a Christian. Did you know that? Men to live like him. You'll find in 1 Samuel 18, verse 1, um, you needn't turn to it, it came to pass when it made his end of speaking to Saul 
that the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And in 2 Chronicles 27, Art that not thou our God, who didst drive out the inhabitants of, the, of this land before the people of Israel, and gavest it to the seed of Abraham, thy friend forever? Now look, Abraham was called the friend of God. You'll find that all, all, all through Scripture. Why was Abraham the friend of God? I'll tell you. If you go back and read in Genesis, you'll find that the first thing God said to Abraham was, you come out from your family, you come out from your kindred, you come out from your country unto a land that I'll show you. Family, kindred, country, you come out of it. And if you're truly born again, you come out of your family, you come out of your kindred, and you come out of your country. You become a citizen of heaven. Member of the kingdom of God. And that's it. That's why the Bible says, a man's enemies are those of his own house. Well, I'll tell you why, when you get born again... Your relatives that aren't born again don't understand you, do they? You're different, aren't you? You're born of a different seed. They look at you, you're a stranger to them, and they're a stranger to you. Nothing in common. I got born again. That's wonderful. They'll... They can't help it, they're in the world, you're not in the world any longer, so they hate you. Why? Because everything you do challenges what they are. Not that you go out of your way, it's just that you're born again, you're filled with the Holy Ghost, and it's just you are a challenge. If so, be a true Christian, that's the way it is. Wonderful, isn't it? Hmm? turns people against people in their own families say well that's terrible no 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 this is God's way now let me tell you if you want to win them you won't win them by friendship you win them by being faithful to God if you're faithful to God you can win them if you try and use human methods you'll destroy them That's the difference. I'm uncompromisingly going to go God's way. I'm going to obey him. He's going to remain my friend. I'm going to remain his friend. That's the end of the story. God's my friend. And Abraham was called the friend of God. Now Abraham made a mistake, you remember. When he went out from Mesopotamia, he took Lot with him. And it took God a lot of... Um, dealings to get Lot away from Abraham and then God reappeared to Abraham but Lot was a stumbling block in Abraham's life for quite a time you know families are a thing that you've got to be careful about far as I'm concerned when you're born again the last thing you want to do is let your family ties they'll take you down They're the deadliest thing. As far as I'm concerned, I became part of the family of God. Jesus is my brother. God is my father. 
And those that do the will of God are my friends. There was a time when Jesus was there and people came up to him and he said, Hey Jesus, do you know outside is your mother and your brethren? They want you to go with them. And Jesus looked round at the multitude and he said, Who are my mothers? Who is my brethren? Those that hear my word and do it. In other words, I've changed families. I'm a child of God. My family is God's family. And that is the truth. That's the way it is. That's what the Bible teaches. That's what Jesus taught. But you see, people are afraid because a lot of cults have used it in the wrong way. And therefore people are afraid and Christians have got afraid of the black and white idea. And I'm not talking about race here. I'm talking about being very clear about what God teaches. They're afraid. Someone will say they're a cult. Well, let me tell you, there's no evangelical church that doesn't fit all the criteria of a cult if you want to call them that. In fact, uh, the early church was called a sect in Acts of the Apostles. So you're in good company. It's the way it is. What makes us not a cult is our total faith in Jesus Christ and our total allegiance to him, believing in the shed blood of Calvary, in death and resurrection, the one atonement, one Lord, one faith, one King, and one baptism, and the fact that we believe in the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost, that we believe in the power of his resurrection. On the third day he rose again from the dead. We believe he was born of the Virgin Mary. We believe all the true tenets of the Christian gospel. That's what separates us from every other group of people, and we live it. It's not just a belief, it's a life and a lifestyle. That's what makes us different. And we are separate from sinners. Thank you very much. Deuteronomy chapter 13, you need to look at it. Deuteronomy 13, verse 6. See, lots of people are frightened when people start accusing them. Oh, you're one of them, are you? You don't drink, you don't smoke, you don't go to the cinema. Well, to be honest with you, smoking makes you choking. It's bad. If God lives inside you, you should not blow smoke in God's face. It's unhealthy and you'll destroy the temple of God. Drinking is not a habit that you should get into. I find too many Christians think, well, it's all right. Well, I don't think it's all right. Would I, am I totally teetotal? No, I'm not teetotal. Not at all. But what I want to say is, I would never go out for a drink, ever, in my life. I never have, never will. Not since I've become a Christian, that's not my lifestyle. And it's not the style of any, Jesus did not go out. That's it. 
That's what I believe. It worries me when I find Christians who kind of are quite happy to stick a pint of beer in front of them, and I wonder, now, root beer's okay. Dr. Pepper's better. But that's it. That's prejudice. Coca-Cola is paint remover. Uh, you know, you want to look after your body. But there, there are things that make me wonder sometimes. You know, you go to some houses, open a fridge, and there's a, a six-pack in the fridge, and you wonder what kind of Christian the people are. I do. You never find that in my fridge, thank you very much. What's wrong with them? Say, so, well, nothing wrong with it. No, but I want to tell you this, it can become a habit where you drink once, you drink twice, you drink three times, and I've seen people. It becomes a habit. It's a habit I don't want, thank you. A habit I didn't want to bring my children up in. It's a habit I don't believe in. Smoking, same. There's lots of things in life. I just don't want, I won't go out. You know, people say, oh, come and have a drink. Oh, no, thanks. I, I'm not, not interested. Why, that's the world's way, isn't it? Hmm? Gin and tonic. Whiskey and soda. I, um, God gave me a brain. He doesn't want it fuddled. Oh, well, you know, you've got to enjoy... I can enjoy myself without that. Thank you very much. I'm very happy. One of them, yeah, I'm one of them. But you see, that's just the way I think it is. You say, well, do you think it's wrong to drink any alcohol at all? No, I didn't say that. Tell you, when I was in Argentina, they had wine on the table. Even the children drank wine. I learned very quickly that if you wanted to sit in the smallest room in the house for long periods of time, do. All things are lawful, but all things aren't expedient. I want people to know I, I don't live that way. I want people to know that happiness is not in the end of a bottle. I want people to know that joy is not in booze. Huh? That's how the world go. Thank you very much. I don't need that. Otherwise, how are they going to know when they see you drunk? It says, be filled with the Spirit. Don't get drunk, doesn't it? Isn't that what the Bible says? And don't say it's Christian beer. It's like Christian rock group, foul, filthy people. 
want to tell you at the cathedral they had a Christian rock group so-called and they got their lager and their filthy beer underneath the platform they dressed like animals they looked like animals and I don't agree with it that was no representation of Jesus Christ to young people far as I'm concerned that's from hell and you can quote me Deuteronomy 13 verse 6 says if thy brother the son of thy mother or thy son or thy daughter or the wife of your bosom or thy friend which is as thine own soul entice thee secretly saying let us go and serve other gods which thou hast not known thou nor thy fathers Hey, if someone comes along and they try to tempt you away to another way of living, you say, no, thank you very much. People say, you don't have to go to, you know, yeah, go to church, but don't be extreme. You know, you can really live the way everyone else lives. You don't have to separate yourself, but you do. You've got to make a choice of living, lifestyle. You know why kids go wrong with their families? Because they look at the parents who never made no choice. They didn't know what was God's way because their parents lived the world's way. And I can't understand how my children could go off. Well, I'll help you understand. What did you watch on television? How did you let them dress themselves? How did you behave? How, what did you say? What stand did you make? That's why they went off, because of you. Don't blame anyone else. You're responsible. See, if you lived real, they'd stay real. Kids aren't stupid. Matthew, here you are, look at this. Matthew 11, 19, look at this. One of the sayings that really gets up my crawl really annoys me beyond anything imaginable and some things that aren't imaginable in Matthew 11 verse 17 and saying, we have piped unto you, and you have not danced. We have mourned unto you, and you have not lamented. For John came neither eating or drinking, and they say he hath a devil. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, behold, a gluttonous, a wine-bibber, a friend of publicans and sinners. But wisdom is justified of her children. Hey, just a minute. Who called Jesus a friend of publicans and sinners? the Pharisees why if he's a friend of publicans and sinners he's also a wine bibber and a glutton
You can't get round it. Either you, if you agree that he's a friend of publicans and sinners, then you've got to say he was also a wine-bibber and glutton. And the word glutton there in the Greek, just for your information, means a licentious person who's given over to fulfilling all the lust of the flesh. Doesn't mean what it means in today's terms, that you eat too much. Though some of you qualify. A wine-bibber and a glutton, they were saying he was a licentious person. Hey, Jesus, Jesus was never, ever a friend of publicans and sinners. I'll tell you what he was. He was a friend of his disciples, and he called them his friends. Let's look over. You'll see it in another scripture. See, it's amazing how people, when they hear a phrase, they think that they don't bother to read in the Bible. It's like, let's take the phrase um, that lots of Christians have. Oh, if it's of God, it'll stand. If it's of man, it'll fall. Just a minute, who said it? Gamaliel. Was he right or was he wrong? He was wrong. You say, well, it's in the Bible, yeah, but it wasn't God who said it, it was a man who said it, and he was an idiot. You've got to look at who says things. Don't just say, oh, it's in the Bible, therefore, yeah, but who said it? Did God say it? Was it one of his apostles who said it? Was it Jesus who said it? Or was it people throwing foul accusations at the Son of God? Luke 7, verse 34. Look at this. I mean, I'm just quoting scripture. You, you, you don't have to believe me. But you're a fool if you don't believe the Bible. Luke 7. Verse 34, the Son of Man is come eating and drinking, and you say, Behold, a gluttonous man and a wine bearer, a friend of publicans and sinners. That was thrown out at him as an accusation, wasn't it? Isn't it amazing, though, how when Christians want to portray Jesus, they say he was a friend of publicans and Have you heard Christians saying that? Well, he won't. That's a lie of the Pharisees. He wasn't a wine-bibber and glutton, was he? Well, was he? Then why do you take what they say and ascribe it to him? Because you probably like them. Terrible thing to do, isn't it? Hmm? Let me just finish I, 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 I want to do this on Sunday I, I'm just warming up I, 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 Sunday morning you'll get both barrels today I'm just loading not shooting look at this let's go back James James chapter 2. 
James 2. I left out, uh, there's a lot of scriptures that I, I was thinking of sharing with you uh, about friends, but, but let's just take the James 2, uh, verse 23, says this, it says, And the scripture was fulfilled which saith, Abraham believed God and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. It's how you live and what you do that justifies you as well as your faith. You're saved by faith, that not of yourself, it's a gift of God. But after that, I want to tell you, justification uh, is also something, and Jesus is my justification, providing I live his life and let his life live in me. But if I go and I live according to the world, I'm in trouble. I've got to make up my mind how I'm going to live. Is that clear? Abraham, he walked with God. He was called the friend of God. You see, I meet a lot of people who have an experience of God and then live as though it doesn't matter anymore how they live. They become a friend of the world. You wouldn't know they were Christians if you saw them outside the church. They behave just the way the world behaves. That's not Christianity. In um, James 4, you remember we looked at it, James 4 and verse 4. It says, You adulterers and adulteresses, know you not that friendship of the world is enmity with God. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Is that plain? Revelation 18, verse 4. Revelation 18. Good, you've got a Bible. Can't go wrong. Revelation 18. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people that you be not partakers of her sins, and that you receive not of her plagues, for her sins have reached under heaven. Who is it talking about? Babylon. And you remember we talked the other day about Babylon, the great mother of harlots. That's why James is calling them adulterers and adulteresses, because that's what you do with the harlots, don't you? Hello? And it's talking about spiritual fornication. And it's talking about living wrong. You see, that's why you can't become, you're the temple of the Holy Ghost. You can't become wedded to the wrong thing. You're wedded to God. You're the bride of Christ. Hey, You've got a special place in God's heart. You're a child of God. And God says you can't be part of the world. You've got to live different. Uh, and really, all evangelism and all reaching out is basically declaring, look, once I was that, but now I'm this. 
I'm sorry, I just don't live that way. That's not the way I think. That's not the way I want to live. That's not it. And I just can never win people to Jesus by identifying with them. I win people to Jesus by identifying with him. He said, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father, which is in heaven. Now, I think I prefer Jesus. Wouldn't you? Uh, There's so many Christians that they want to win the world. You won't win the world by being like them. You'll win the world by being different. (laughs) They They can drink you under the table, fella. You'll never win them that way. (laughs) God came to make us whole. Uh, And if you're going to win people, they've got to see the difference in your lifestyle. They've got to see that you're not a friend. You're not going that way. You don't live that way. And thank you very much. You don't want to know about it either. Your family know. I won't get involved with family. If, if family want to live wrong, they can clear off. Not interested. You say, but they're your relatives, they're your blood. No, they're not. I was bought with a price. The blood of Jesus Christ is my blood. I'm not my own. I belong to the family of God. Said, don't you care about them? Yeah. I care that I keep away from those that don't want to go God's way. Thank you very much. That's it. That's what I believe. And if you don't believe that, you're a fool. Because if they live the world's way, they're enemies of God. And if you make peace with enemies of God, you're going to make an enemy of God yourself. Friendship with the world is enmity against God. Christians don't like that, a lot of them. Oh, no, no, no. I want to tell you, that's the way you have to live. Because they'll take you down. Surely as night follows day, they'll take you down to their level. I'm not living that way. On Sunday, I want to go on and talk about Fellowship, friendship, fellowship. You say, well, these things, you know, they're they're very hard saying. But you see, the church has got to come back to a standard of life. You know, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord raises up a standard against him. What has happened is the church has been told the only way to win the world is to be like them. What we've got to do is have music that's acceptable to them. What we've got to do is we've got to compromise. We don't need... Some of the biggest churches in America today, they they tell you when, when they come to a Sunday service, you don't mention the blood, you don't mention the cross, you don't mention regeneration, you don't mention... Hey! Those things are the fundamentals. What church is it? It's not the church of Jesus Christ. You don't tell people sin is wrong. You don't call things sin. You, you, you accept them as they are. Well, I'm sorry, 
But God says, if you want to be accepted in the beloved, you better go by his standard. And if you don't want to be accepted in the beloved, then live your own way. But don't come here. Because the church is for believers. If you don't want to believe, now unbelievers are welcome to come, hear the gospel. If they want to change, they can become part of it. If they don't want to change, clear off. Because we don't want your lifestyle. We want to go God's way. That's it. Hmm? Is that fair? Is that reasonable? Hmm? I'm not ashamed of it. That's the way I built the church. That's the way I believe God led me. That's the way I'm going to live. That's why we don't have a lot of the factions and infightings and stuff. It's why we don't have all the things that other churches labor with. I don't want them. I'm happy to say God's got a standard, God's got a way. You either live it or go. Paul used to tell people that, but nowadays it's, oh no, you've got to understand them. You know, the way to win them is compromise. Tell them it's okay. God loves them anyway. He doesn't. Do you know hell's real? I believe in hell. I believe in eternal damnation. I really believe in a lake of fire. I really believe that people need salvation. I really believe God saved us and we're different. I think we should live that way. If you become the friend of the world, you become the enemy of God. Make up your mind who you're going to make friends with, the world or God. God's my choice. Who's yours? Hmm? Come out of it and be separate. Or you can become part of Babylon, the mother of harlots. You can become an adulterer and adulteress and love the world. Not me. Okay? I, I believe that's it. You say, are you for exclusivity? No course not whomsoever will may come God wants to reach out his hand of love he'll heal the sick deliver the captive what I'm saying is you can't get in the family unless you're born into it what I'm saying is the only people who will be my friends are those that are truly in the family and live as family members for the rest well they can come visit they can come look but if they don't change they can clear off I don't want what we've got. We don't want what they've got, do we? Hmm? If two be not agreed, they can in no wise walk together. If they don't want to go our way, they're better off out of it. Because they'll only be miserable with us. So let's make them happy. Show them the door. So look, there's plenty of people out there who live that way. I'll tell you what happens. Doing that, the church grows. Doing that, God saves. God adds to his church those he wants. 
Now, what do you do about the unbeliever? Invite them along to church. Don't make friends with them. Say, come to church. That'll sort out friendship. One or two sermons, and they'll make up their mind whether they want to come this way or not. If they don't, I can put them off quick. I tell you. Glory to God. You know, it says of Jesus, there was no beauty in him that we should desire him. Why is it they want to make everything so attractive, people want to come? People walk into this church, they say, there's something about your music, there's something about the atmosphere, there's something. They get healed, they go out, but if they don't want to be part of us and they want to live their old life, they need to go. Don't try and befriend them. If they don't want it, you know, we live this way. Why? Because we love God. And because we want to be the friends of God, we want to do what he says. Thank you very much. Okay? Is that easy? Do you agree with that? If you don't agree with it, don't come back. That's the way it is. Glory to God. You know, I I, I think it's so simple. The gospel's simple. Man and charismatics have made it complicated. So complicated. You win people by challenge. You win people by confrontation. You win people by letting them know there's an opportunity to be different. You don't win them by befriending them. Friendship with the world. Enmity against God. Okay? Can't be more plain than that, can we? Someone said to me once, they said, you know... You'd have a lot more people in your church if you watered down what you believe. I said, I don't want a lot more people. I want God's people. That's it. Numbers have never impressed me. What has impressed me is souls of people. There's a lot crying out for Christ have never heard the ones who don't want to change their lifestyle forget it, leave them alone don't spend your time trying to befriend them and win them you won't if they want to live like animals and pigs leave them alone that's their choice I love the people of God I like to spend time with people who, who want to go God's way I like to talk about the things of God I don't have much time for anything else. It's the way it is. We'll talk about friendship Sunday morning. Okay? It's lovely weather, isn't it? With some of you, that's all you can say. Father, I just thank you. Lord, you always hear our prayers. Lord, I just pray for each one.